Welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Welcome back to the School of Last podcast. This is Rick Roberts here with our world famous producer Gavin. How's it going, Hello. sir? Hello, good, doing good. Gavin, I got to give you props. We got a few emails in today and last week. People were so uh, complimentary <laughs> of how good, regardless of content, how good it sounds coming across. Yeah, the terrible airwaves. content, good, uh, good hey, production. You know, but I wanted to give you props on that because thank uh, you very much. Obviously, there'd be no way I could do this without your help. You do a tremendous job, so thank you. Thank you. And uh, people are loving you on the comments, too, on, <laughs> on iTunes. So, again, if you're listening, make sure you leave those reviews, and we'll read some here at the end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Today's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we just wrapped up our first of three writing classes here in Nashville, Tennessee. We've got some students hanging out, going to ask some questions in a second. So make some noise, students. Woo! Holy cow. And They're we're gonna, alive. We're going to get to them in a second, but uh, I just wanted to kind of see how you're doing. Life I'm doing good? good. I'm doing good. I heard uh, heard you had a good gig, good gig recently. What what happened? I just want to say this because it's the, it's the weirdest thing how comedy can take you different places. Yeah. And normally I do a one-hour show stand-up. Yeah. Sometimes I do this thing where I'm a Barney Fife impersonator and, and crash parties and come in and write tickets to the CEO <laughs> right. and stuff. And this gig I had on Saturday was in Santa Fe, New Mexico. I've been in New Mexico twice, but this first time in Santa Fe. Great little town. And I flew all the way there. It was the whole thing from when I left my house to when I got back was 36 hours of travel. Oh, my gosh. And my performance was only six minutes. No. Does that just go... Is that crazy or what? (laughs) It's great. Did you get paid the same? (laughs) This is funny. I got paid per minute what I used to get paid per month oh when my i wasn't doing God. <laughs> so uh it was it's just a weird oh, thing man. that you would have to fly that six far minutes. i was trying to explain it to my nine-year-old that i was going to work he said how long you work and i said about about six six seven eight nine minutes tops <laughs> yeah uh from the time they introduced Ten, me the time I'm pushing I get done. It. yeah so it was a, it was a barney five gig for that a, is good that is a good gig. it was a good gig and it's for a company that builds I won't say the name, but they build all the machines for drilling for oil, right? And they make uh, most of the tanks and stuff like that for battle yeah. overseas. So they, oh gosh, they're having a banquet, and they needed a Barney Fife to come in and write a couple guys up, and crazy. That's that absolutely is insane. Yeah, but just on a quick side note, Santa Fe, unbelievably beautiful. It is a nice place. It's crazy. It's it's all dirt and hardly any grass out there. When you roll into Santa Fe, you get Mostly some terracotta. Brown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Mostly pretty wild. Brown. So who knows? You might in a few years be out there, Gavin, hitting some place uh, yeah. across the country for just a mere six to nine minutes. And I don't know anything in Spanish. I'll have to, you'll be all right. I'll have to work it up. You, by then you'll have to. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you're here. Like I said, we've got some students in the writing class. Uh, unfortunately, it's just me talking a whole lot. A few questions come in. But I like this part that they can stick around and some of the yeah. students can ask some questions because we don't cover everything in the writing class. Some things we haven't covered yet in the podcast. Yeah. And this will give us uh, ideas for maybe things we can get deeper into as we proceed. But we'll definitely get some short answers tonight and see what we've got. So we're going to have students come up to the mic, introduce yourself, let us know a little bit about you, just maybe if you've ever performed before or, or what's kept you from doing it in the past maybe. And hit us with your question. Great. All right. My name is Jeff Little, and I'm a Nashvillian of about 21 years. I came here for college years ago, and I've done some work in front of crowds. Uh, it's usually like speaking, and um, I've done some storytelling, and it always ends up being more comical. 
And I'm just like, well, why don't I, for heaven's sake, why don't I try to do some comedy? So um, one class in, Rick, it was really great. Oh, thank you. Thank I, you. Uh, I'm looking forward to what's next. But uh, I guess to jump in with a question, um, I'm a big music fan as well. I, I, and I care a lot about independent bands that kind of are coming up that don't have, they just have the talent and the heart. And they're bubbling up through the the oceans of people out there. Pitchfork.com is a website that I go to pretty regularly, and I have for years. They're not perfect, but they do a pretty good job of kind of curating, to use a fancy word, uh, good stuff mm-hmm. that's overlooked by the mainstream. My question for you guys is, what do you think? Is there something similar in the comic sphere? I don't know. There absolutely is, and I recommend everybody listening jot this down right now. <laughs> and when you're done listening to the podcast, check it out. Yeah. I want you to listen to all these great questions. But there's a great place called RooftopComedy.com. RooftopComedy.com. And what they do at Rooftop, in different comedy clubs across the country, they install video cameras and a mic, and comics performing there can sign an agreement to have their set recorded, and then... On Rooftop, they have some people that work there, and they'll pick out different bits, chop them up for you, make a nice little slice, and put your clip on Rooftop.com, RooftopComedy.com. And then people can comment. I think they can like your thing, and you can develop a following outside of your local area from people clicking on your tracks. Yeah. And the beauty of Rooftop, unless things have changed, you can pay them for a DVD of your set. I mean, if you were doing a half hour at a comedy club and it was a hot night and you just happened to be recording, you got it. Worth it. <laughs> One of the hardest things in comedy is to record yeah. on purpose in front of a crowd because the wrong crowd will show up or the, somebody will kick the mic stand halfway through. Oh. Or there's a million things that can go wrong. They hit the table when they're recording right. a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to do that a lot, so hands off. So that's a great site. And uh, the other thing they can do, I believe, if, if unless things have changed, they could take the audio off of that set and make a CD for you. Yeah. And there's a slight cost to that. But they've done the yeoman's work of recording it and editing, I believe, to a certain degree. You can also submit your clips, if they're decent quality audio and video, to Rooftop, and they'll upload them to their site as well. Cool. And as far as I know, there's no fee to do that on, on your end um, to the upload part. And it's good exposure. So you can go on that site specifically and search for different topics, I believe. And if you're speaking on the topic searched, it'll come up. Yeah. So I recommend checking it out. And almost all of those are club comics who are working their way up the ranks. Mm-hmm. You'll see by their popularity who's on the edge, maybe breaking through. And there's also some well-known Gosh, cool. guys that are still on the site. That's very cool. So rooftopcomedy.com, check it out. Excellent question, Jeff. Thank you. And uh, by any chance with one of your favorite artist in music be Buddy Holly because you got a slight Buddy Holly thing going on there <laughs> just have to ask yeah he's, he lives forever yeah, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> goes on and on awesome sure, thank, thank you. you very Thanks, much Jeff. Okay. all right who else would like who to step got? up here and ask a question Ron you're very close and then how about Diane be on deck and Patrick after that Ron introduce yourself I've known you for a little while but these people listening don't know well, uh, Rick, my name my name's Ron, and we'll just leave it at that as far as my name. Oh, did I say your last name? No, no. That's, <laughs> oh, good, good. Because uh, that goes to my, my question. Uh, I, I'm a CPA. I also do uh, fraud investigations, and uh, sometimes... Rick, we may, need to get out of here. close the book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, sometimes I may be called on to, uh, to testify in federal court, and so I've got an, pretty much an, an established name, and I, and I don't want that name necessarily associated with being a comic uh so what what can i do to to work on developing a stage name then 
Great question, and here's the greatest thing of all: is you're you're brand new. You don't have a following yet, so you can still clearly define who you are on stage without having to tell everybody I've switched names. Here's where here's where I'm at now. So a few things to consider first: you know, brainstorm a list of your top five names that you would like to be known as. Okay, then Google search like crazy. Make sure nobody's got the domain name that you're going to go oh, gosh. for. It would be so nice to have had a domain name and I like, could have made my own name up. I yeah. just got mine. I and know. I'm like, it was so hard. So if I could have just made my own name up, that would have been great. Ron, <laughs> you're in a great place. And it may not be Ron by the time you get done with this process, but Google search it. Then I would also check out Facebook because some people, might, there might be a comic with that name that maybe doesn't have the domain registered, yeah. but they might be on the edge of it or they might have a following already. And I would also hit Pandora and pop that name in there to see if anything pulls up. Maybe there's a band that had a name or something similar to it. But if all those three things are clear, pick your favorite one, make it something really easy to spell. My name, Rick Roberts, R-I-K Roberts, kind of a downer when people start searching. There is another comic, R-I-C-K Roberts, who has one clip up online, and he takes 15 or 20 minutes to get to the first punchline. And I hope people don't hit that one before they find mine. So if I could go back, I would have switched that to something else. And back then, there weren't domain names to worry. <laughs> 23 years ago, I'd, I'd check and see if anybody had the uh, the banner in front of their store. What would you call those things back in the old days? The, do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not that old. I'm, I'm looking at a younger guy I'm not. asking that question. <laughs> but you're in a great spot right now. So do you have... This this won't air for a few weeks. Are you on the edge of picking one that you can tell us right I now? I can delete anything. <laughs> well, I, the, the one that I have... Uh, talked about with with uh, one or two people is just just leaving off my last name and just using my first name and middle name um so it would just be ron aaron that's not so. bad if you look through the history of comedy lots a majority i'm talking 80 percent or above comics have a, a first name for the first and last name jeff allen local guy two first names in comedy and even djs on the radio you know, if they haven't gone completely haywire with some goofy name, it's usually two first names that comes out, and it's just easier for people to remember. So that's another thing you might want to look at. And it sounds like yours might be in that. You all, you can also work with the word itself. You know, maybe having a uh, something that works. You know, that's punchy. Not a bad idea either. Have something that might. Ideally, down the road, you'll have maybe a catchphrase or something. And if your catchphrase could tie into your name. Or you can play off the name. I know we have a, a, a person listening, a comic named Peter Wolf, who's down in Texas. And that's his real name. And so his tagline is like, comedy that will make you howl. So it, it kind of ties it in. It makes it more memorable. So there's things that, like that you can look at as well. But you're smart, not only for the fact that you're a recognizable person in town and, and you may be testifying and all those things, but if you were to break through and be a famous person, the stage name is going to help you keep some privacy and some anonymity so i know personally uh, i would have completely changed my name all around if, if I, I showed could go up back. at his doorstep i <laughs> gavin google searched me and came knocking on the door and wanted some money for equipment yeah and what are you going to do so it's it's really smart to think of that ahead of time and then yeah. if you do make a career out of this you know do a doing business as account dba well i'm not going to tell you about accounting <laughs> cpa yeah. I've, I've been there yeah but there's a lot that's there's a lot of good reasons to have a stage name yeah middle name or a different family name or something punchy or right you know something i easy to spell and remember well i've I, my other choice my second choice right now is thor god of thunder yeah. but i'm not <laughs> sure there's already a thor <laughs> fairly famous comic named thor yeah <laughs> and uh 
what are you going to do about I don't that? know. But those are good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good I would question. advise against getting too goofy with it, which sounds right. like you're not going to be doing that. you, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be pigeonholed by something, and then your comedy grows out of it, and you're stuck with the website. That Carrot top. Yeah. He can never <laughs> dye his hair. Yeah, right. There you go. It worked for him. Brunette top doesn't exactly work, yeah. yeah. The excellent question, Ron, whatever your last name may be. Yeah. Right. Thank you. All Thank right. you very excellent. much, Good man. question. The next victim. All right. Next up is, <laughs> I'll just say, Diane, you don't have to tell me your last name if you don't want, but you might want to sell a book while you're here. I, I don't do. Know. I do want to sell a book. This is Diane Kelly, and uh, like Ron, I'm a CPA, but um, I'm a recovering CPA. I actually segued <laughs> my um, CPA career into writing about white-collar crime. I have a, a series, a Death and Taxes series. Excellent. And I also just launched um, a new series starring a female cop who works with a female canine. It's called Paw Enforcement. It's a lot of fun. And that, that's actually why I'm <laughs> here, to kind of awesome. to learn how to do um, some stand-up to hopefully you know market some books that way but my question is this I've, I've done some talks before you know basically just talking about my journey to becoming a writer and some days I'm just on and everything flows great and I feel natural and comfortable up there and people are responding to me and then other days it's just not happening and I can't even tell in advance how I'm going to feel once I get up there it's it's just you know so do you have any tips for getting in that zone absolutely and it's a it's a great question and the performer's challenge often is to be on at, I mean that's that's what makes a stand-up comic different than somebody that's funny around their friends yeah. funny in front of strangers on demand at 8.30 until 9 o'clock or whatever it might be and so you do have to find a way to kind of get yourself amped up I'll give you a few different tips maybe in no specific order but yeah. things, <laughs> things that I've learned over the time that kind of helps me out one is my pre-show ritual I back it out two hours I'm done with caffeine, I'm done with eating, everything, two hours leading up to speaking, whether it's in the morning, sometimes I do these speeches and even comedy shows for corporate groups in the morning or lunch, uh, two hours, done with all that stuff, totally relaxed. If I'm speaking in the hotel, I've got a ritual there where I, I take a bubble bath, fellas. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I do, and it's the most, I get scalding hot water in there, and I, I burn my skin literally, oh, gosh. and I feel alive, and I... <laughs> I put on some... Uh, okay, Rick, we're, that's enough. <laughs> that lavender, is, lavender that scented is, bubble We bath. are real lavender close. Lavender will calm me down, but I have a, <laughs> a spicy thing that explicit. I put in there that kicks me in. Oh, gosh, but, yeah, I love it. Hot, hot bath, and it steams you up, and it, it releases your toxins from your pores. You're getting rid of negative stuff that's in your body, okay. and you're starting to zone in on being focused, right? So I have a, a specific channel on Pandora that I listen to, so it's available wherever I'm at. Uh, Vampire Weekend is the anchor band for that channel, and it's always great, upbeat, clever, unique. That's Just all the, the things I want to be when yeah. I hit the stage okay. that I'm not. So I'm trying <laughs> to pull those things in. And then an hour before the show, I go over sometimes not my entire set list or my entire program. Like if you're going to speak, maybe you're going to read a chapter of your book, whatever it might be that you're going to do. Mentally go through it. Mentally see and visualize everybody there enjoying it. Okay. All right. Don't psych yourself out. Psych yourself up. Yeah. People are coming to see you. I mean, it's, I think it's, you may occasionally get a, a random person wandering by a book signing or a talk, but a lot of people are there specifically to see you mm -hmm. and to hear about what you've got to say. So you want to be everything that they're expecting and, and surpass those expectations. Then here's something that I don't think people talk about enough, and we could probably do a whole podcast on yeah. this. You're on the second you walk in that bookstore or that banquet room, whatever it might be. So from the moment you walk in the door, you need to have that confidence and you need to look like the pro that you are. And okay. so when people see you, you're not checking your phone or, or anything like that that takes their vision of what you're doing or their focus from what they came for away. Yeah. When I see comics, and I'll come back to your specific thing, but when I see comics at a comedy club, 
hanging out before the show and they're texting and they're only talking to other comedians and they're not looking at the crowd maybe they haven't dressed for the show yet they're going to change in the green room but they're in the showroom and they're sweats and whatever walking around you need to realize people see you for the performer or the writer that you are that they're coming to see and that's that's what they expect you got to match that up or else the presentation might not go well because they saw you doing all these things as the person, not the writer, yeah. off stage, and it's taken away from what they're looking forward to. It's yeah. really weird. Like uh, I'm a musician, and and the clothes have a lot to do with it. You know, I change clothes into show clothes. It's not something like crazy, but it might be my new pair of shoes, my specific jeans, a specific T-shirt, and then it's I'm I'm that person. So yeah. it's like getting so, into character, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Okay. For me, okay. not. I, it has probably nothing to do with they wouldn't know the difference between the clothes I'm wearing now and those clothes but for me it's like it boom I put it on and then all of a sudden it flips okay. the switch for me okay. you know yeah, and I do the same thing too I have if you're listening and you and you drive to a gig or you drive to a speaking engagement and especially guys I don't know why guys don't iron their clothes but <laughs> I, you know, my wife doesn't iron so I'm a guy who well, irons I'm not my allowed clothes. I'm not allowed to touch the iron anymore <laughs> but I'll bring what I'm going to wear I'm not going to wear it in the car on the way to the gig even if the gig's 10 minutes away I'm bringing it, and I'm going to get wrinkles in whatever I'm wearing, and then change into it, and I'll do that in the green room or before yeah. they see me, and then from that point on, I'm in. All right. And then the last things I do before I speak, your introduction is really key, and so sometimes I'm a person who's like I, I, I path of least resistance for the person who brought <laughs> me there. I don't want to give them a lot of things to do, but and that introductions are really key, and so if, if you feel that if you don't have a solid one that you go with every single time, it'd be great to create one. And to share with the person introducing you that I know you may want to say some personal things about me or, or your opinion in my books or whatever, but this really sets up my speech the best way. Could you do your best to go word for word on this? Okay. okay. Because if you leave great. it up to them, yeah. and we talked about this in a previous podcast, I told a guy, hey, just bring me up however you oh, want to. God. And I, <laughs> go back and listen. It's uh, intros, bios, and oh, comedy Lord, no-nos. Clothes, intros, yeah. and bios. But listen to that episode, and you'll see why you never say hey, just whatever Horrific. you want to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's even harder to do when, because um, I've heard some people that you know listen to the podcast, and they, and, and they said, yeah, it's really hard to do that with, with if the person who's introducing you knows you really well. So that's an even that's an even harder one to do because you've really got to tell them, like, hey, I'm not the guy that you hang out with on the Sunday church picnic. Right. I'm this guy, you know, and so that's how I need you to introduce me. It'll help set everything up. Okay, so, great. That's really this is key. helpful. Yeah, and then I, I would tweak the intro until you get it to, you know, your introduction can set up the very first line of your speech. Okay. Think of it like a, a elevator speech, you know, when, when we talk about that, you know, yeah. it's real specific. Okay. And you should make them uh, look forward to what you're going to say. You create the curiosity. It's a lot like a premise, right? Create curiosity. Maybe say something that creates tension that you relieve in the first sentence you say, which could create laughter, which as soon as you get them laughing, oh, they're going to be more open to all the rest of the things you have to say. You know, that was really helpful because actually I just have this short bio that's kind of just very factual. But yeah, to set up some kind of question and at a hook that gets them Absolutely. more interested. Okay, yeah. wow. And the bio stuff they some, probably know already from reading your books and reading the back page yeah. or the front about the author page so yeah. you know give them a little insight something they, they wouldn't get if they weren't there okay great cool. Thanks and so much. let me know how that works out okay. I'd love to yeah get some <laughs> Thanks that's a great feedback. question all right who's who'd next? like to pop up come on up yeah jump on in i'm excited rick i love this all right i love and speaking <laughs> of stage names uh, my name is patrick o'brien i don't really need a stage name you're not gonna find me <laughs> uh 
Rick's laughing because I have some weird alias on Google that's not really my name. <laughs> that's right. Because you can't hide from Google. Uh, my question was for the, the podcast. Uh, how do you introduce or kind of broach the topic of controversial and hot stuff? I mean, a lot of people want to be topical and sort of connect with your audience and you want to, you want to be your own authentic voice, but I've seen it done really badly. So how exactly do you yeah. ease an audience into that or do you not? I, I saw Jesselneck a few weeks ago here and of course there's no easing. It's just <laughs> right off the cliff. So. All right, Anthony Jeselnik is, uh, since he's a, such a great writer, he has no problem just jumping right into it. He knows he's, he's going to yeah. win you back with the material. So, and, and he's, He's not the most likable guy. I mean, he's a little smug, a little bit arrogant, but the material backs backs it all up. So it's easy for him to jump right in there. As a newer comic, maybe you know they came to see him specifically. You might be on a bill where they just wander in, and here comes Patrick with his hot issues and his strong opinions. You you could do it his way, and eventually hope the material wins them over. <laughs> but ideally, you still would maybe start off with you know a self-deprecating joke or something to kind of and it might even be something that sets them up for what's coming next like i've only got 60 seconds to get to know you so let's get this over with you know and then kind of know where your attitude's coming from maybe tell them something they wouldn't want to hear but they got to deal with and be funny about it and then boom they kind of know what to expect and they're off and running if you feel after your first two or three jokes they're not on board yet circle back to the first part do something else that is a little bit more endearing for a second and more relative or relatable to that crowd and then kick back into your high gear again and see if they're on board yet. It's going to take a little time, but I'm I'm pretty confident once your material gets as strong as your point of view, and it sounds like you've kind of got an idea of what you want to talk about already, that when the writing is definitely there and the punchlines are solid, that they're going to have a hard time not liking it. But it's a very smart question because you can instantly lose a crowd with the first thing you say. And so make the first thing you say purposeful and know why you're saying it. Don't just pick a, a random joke out of 10 and start with that. Ideally, you set up something in the first... If you're only doing a three-minute set, it's really tough. you know. But in your first minute, set up something that they can expect to hear from you later on so that you don't completely blow them away with, you know... Yeah. Yeah, we kind of, you know, also the know your audience thing. Yeah. Because if you go in and you see that they're, you know, slightly older, skew, you know, they're skewing older maybe like you need to like not tone down the jokes but change change the jokes up a little bit because that may not go well maybe really tough for you you know we've seen a little bit of that yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's tricky when you first start because you your joke is your product and you have to get your product ready to sell and until they buy it with laughter the joke is still in R&D. It's still in research and development so your job is to get it from that maybe it'll work till it's going to work and then knowing the crowd you're selling it to There'll be times, definitely, when you first start out that you've got a group of people in front of you, but they're not into you at all. Don't let that throw you, and you don't have to totally switch gears completely because you need the repetition and the practice of hearing yourself on the mic, the timing is going to come over time, (laughs) the pacing of it. Hearing every word you say as you say it is usually the right speed. My normal speed on the podcast is about twice that, and I, you know, that's not the the speed I use on stage anymore. No, I came on. I was talking way too fast, yeah. and I had to really slow down. Yes. And so it's a combination of things. But by the end of the class, and after you know a certain amount of times on stage, you'll when you know a joke works, the confidence level is really strong, and that makes everything you do better. And if you have confidence when you first start out, the audience loves it. You're the pilot of the plane, 
you don't want to get on the on the horn and say, "Listen, it's my first flight ever. <laughs> I've only done three minutes before. We're going to go for an hour tonight. <laughs> Hang on." You know, you <laughs> you got to come on, be calm, authoritative, and show you know what you're doing. Yeah, and it, it will evolve. It's one of the hardest things to do right off the bat is to be hardcore opinionated. But if you show them, if they groan it while you say something, and you sh- and you make them laugh for groaning. Yeah. If you do that early and often, and Jeselnik does that great, doesn't he? He makes you feel like an idiot for groaning or not believing what, where he's going with it. So I would just give yourself the opportunity to fail often and fast until you get that traction and that confidence. Definitely doable. Yeah. But uh, that's great that you're aware of it so early, though. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah some people aren't, and it comes across. It's a little scary. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Like, you know, where are they coming? Actually, we have a. We got one. Someone wrote one down. Oh, for I thought us. you had a phone call coming. No, in. Like, uh, no, I don't have a phone technology? call. I, <laughs> Uh, let me let me patch this person in right, from thanks, their card that they left. Um, it says, what does it take to to do great crowd work? What does it take to do great crowd work? Couple of, of theories on this. Uh, a, it's great if you're likable. People won't talk to you if you're not likable. They'll clam up. So you want to go for that. Two, you need to have material to go back to if the crowd work isn't firing off and, and connecting so I don't recommend when you first start that you only develop the crowd work muscle having great writing is the number one thing that's going to get you down the road yeah when you prove that you're great at that your act becomes something you fall back on when what you're doing on stage doesn't work yeah and that's kind of a loose quote of Bill Hicks but Bill Hicks would say I do my show and when, when what I'm talking about is not working so he knows what's going to work it's tried and true and it's polished but trying new ideas is the excitement once you get to that point and if those things aren't connected, you always have the act to fall back on. Yeah, I uh, I recently went to a comedian's lunch here in Nashville, and uh, it was really funny. A guy said, he said, I was doing a show in front of like eight people. He says, it was such a small audience. He said, I, I thought I'd go ahead and ask them, like, you know, what's your name? So I can, uh, you know, get to know the, the audience here and, you know, do my thing. And, the, and so he said, you know, uh, excuse me, man, what's your name? And she just wouldn't answer, wouldn't say one word, not a sound. And he was just kept asking. He, was, he literally had to say, "I'm not going to make fun of you. This isn't a joke." And he said, "So, I think at that point he realized like this crowd work's not going to work. Like I'm going to need to move on. Yeah. You know. So that's also knowing knowing when to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, you definitely want. Here's a few general things I'd say about crowd work, and that's it's a great story because it happens to you, and you see comics relentless trying to get something to work that's not going to work. Yeah. So know when to bail out and get back to your act. The other thing I would never, ideally. Never open with crowd work or close the crowd work. You want to start strong. You want to end strong. You might stumble upon something that might work when you do crowd work up front. And you might stumble upon something at the end of your show. But nine times out of ten, it's probably not going to happen. One yeah. times out of ten, it might. <laughs> yeah. You know, When you get really skilled at being a performer on stage and you have that confidence that we talked about a second ago, the crowd will have confidence interacting with you and feel the trust between the two of you, just like a normal conversation. Yeah. I mean, when you're in an elevator, you look around, most times you're like, I'm not going to say anything to any of these people. Yeah. There might be one person like, I could probably say something to that guy. And right. you might have a conversation, but that you don't have the trust factor it, there. And it is a confidence thing because I was trying to, this image just popped into my head. I thought when you're first going up on mic, it's like you stepped onto an elevator with like a bunch of supermodels. Like you can't think. Like it takes a long time for you to just be able to think. And like that that ability to do crowd work is being able to think. And that is super hard when you first start. I mean, it's, that it's is really just... the second 
it's really the third level of comedy maybe. yeah you know developing your act being able to deliver it one second being able to deliver your act and also be thinking about anything else at the moment not on autopilot yeah but being able to assess the room Process. and see yeah like for example when i first started just getting the jokes down and saying <laughs> them correctly and then saying them correctly again that was like not first going over your time <laughs> right so then i got my 15 minutes that's working then i'm on stage the next step 15 minutes as an mc but also being able to make eye contact with everybody in the room yeah every punchline i have i deliver it to the person perfect target for that joke so if i'm talking about you know uh, being single or when i used to be single right i would look for somebody in the front row that doesn't have a ring on and deliver the punchline to them right to them. now that i'm talking about being married i look for a couple of rings sitting close together and i deliver the punchline to them <laughs> if i'm talking about my kids i look to a couple of people who are totally exhausted right <laughs> and broke and i deliver the punchline to them right <laughs> yeah so it's that's the second level uh-huh. it took me a little while to get to that yeah but i was comfortable enough with my material knowing it was going to work being able to think in the moment and making those connections. And then if something in the room happened that I wanted to address, I could do that as well. Yeah. The third level is dropping all that and just interacting with the crowd one-on-one. And if you want to hear a great CD of all crowd work, Google Todd Berry. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. I think his CD is called Crowd Work. And he went on a crowd work tour. Yeah. I mean, Todd Berry's been around for a while. You've seen him in different movies. Uh, the the uh, wrestler, he was in that movie. He's been doing comedy for a long time. Great comic. But the whole CD was unprepared material. Yeah. And he's got to Jeez. that comfort level. And he also has the fans that come out to see him specifically that has that trust factor <laughs> to make it work. Todd's like, go ahead and record this. It's going to be gold. <laughs> yeah. And I think he even says how many different shows. Jeez. I think he did multiple cities and tried to get a, a bit from each city. Right. And right. clip to make it kind of universal. Gosh. But an interesting thing that you do later on, if you're if you're new, really focus on the material. And if you've got that down, you feel you're ready to move up to the feature spot, still take MC gigs yeah. and work on your crowd work a little bit then. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll say about crowd work, if you're on stage and you're doing a lot of it, it's hard sometimes for the next comic to segue back into material because the crowd's been talking. Right. So... If you're the host or the MC and you've done some crowd work, try to wrap up with two or three minutes at least of material, set up punchline, set up punchline, so the rhythm is back and the next comic can step into that rhythm and make things yeah. work. Yeah. Otherwise, and even Ooh. say when I MC'd and that I did any rough. kind of you know announcements or whatever, I would say, okay, I've had fun talking to you guys, but the next two, they don't need your help. Yeah. And so you know, they're going to take the mic from now on, no heckling, no inter- you know, unless they specifically ask for it. Let them do their job. That'd be nice. All right. So <laughs> just something to keep in mind when you're doing yeah, the crowd absolutely. work. Yeah, Let's get the next person in yeah, here. Yeah, we have Who we uh, got? Darren, would you like to pop a question here? Or Rocky? Anybody? Come on up. There's, All there's right. a smile. That's right. We've got a burning question here. This is uh, Todd Thornton, and uh, I'm also an author, so we had a lot of uh, authors here tonight that's in, awesome. uh, in the crowd, that's, and, and that's really that's sort amazing. of what my um, question relates to is, is separating out the writing from the performance, and you've talked a lot about how important the writing is. Yeah. When you look at comics and sort of break things down, do you look at specific comics specifically for their performance and others for their writing, or does it always have to be done mm. in combination yeah. when you're trying to figure out what works. Right. So when when I watch comics, the great ones I typically combine both to a really high level. Not always the case, though. I mean, if you look, you know, one of my favorites of all time is Stephen Wright. Yeah. I would 
be hesitant to say he's an over-the-top performer anyway. He, <laughs> he keeps it as quiet and as, as focused as anybody I've ever seen on stage, uh, rarely even looking at the crowd sometimes. But the material is way off the charts. Yeah. You know, if you want to say, you know, in 100%, it's 80, I'd say 95% material, 5% performance. Although, knowing how he performs and committing to it makes the material work extra big too. So, but there's other people like Pryor in the history of comedy that had extreme performance skills and likability and extreme authenticity on his material and well-written and rehearsed and perfected, and that's at a high level. Today, it's a little bit weird because there's a new kind of thing in comedy where comics are trying to crank out a new hour every year, Mm -hmm. and it's like the Louis C.K. syndrome where this is his crop for the year, he harvests the jokes and he moves on to the next hour, and that's at a high level you're doing that, but even, I think, fans of Louis C.K., which I am a huge one, yeah. I would still like to see maybe that material honed and perfected over another year to see how great it could be, even though it's really, really, really good. Uh, no doubt a little bit more time caressing it and cutting off the edges a little bit and tightening it up yeah. would go a little further. But he's got that material that's pretty solid. And his performance, again, isn't over the top. I mean, here's it's a guy that comes out in a, in a black know, shirt and kind of yeah. hanging out. But it's the what he lacks in performance maybe which maybe he doesn't like anything but his authenticity once again that big word that we're off talking about yeah. is off the charts so you forgive a little bit of the guy just standing there not acting everything out or what have you then you've got other guys uh who the material is not that great but they sell it like crazy and i started out for a long time as that guy i was like <laughs> i've got to be loud i've got to be fast so fast. you don't notice that joke wasn't very good yeah come on guys let's go jump on the train you know oh god and then as i got more comfortable i'm like i know this has a big payoff at the end i know it's got the last on the way and i can back it off yeah so you'll go through changes i think you know you're talking about other comics but i think you're talking about for yourself too like yeah. how would i interpret what they're doing to what i apply you've got the writing thing down you know now tra- translating long form writing uh, into short punchy with the punchline every 15 to 20 seconds max if not quicker than that that's going to be your challenge so probably with the writing you've done now there's a lot of background information that needs to be set up in order for the you know the description to take place or whatever that, that you're writing so now it's just getting that description down to a sentence as the setup and then showing a misdirection after that and you'll develop your style over time uh, it's fun when you first start to maybe emulate some people. It's unavoidable sometimes, but pretty soon you'll kind of find the pace that works for you, and you'll want to really write with that pace in mind. And you'll also start to hear their stuff in a different way. You'll start to hear it like I'm sure you read other authors, and Correct. all of a sudden you're like, you know, uh, wow, I see what he's doing this. I see how he's building this chapter in this book and how you know he's building the book together, that, that kind of thing. All of a sudden, now I hear comedians do jokes, and I'm like, oh, man, that's written so well. Or, like, I see what every single word that he's edited and put right. together. He the entire structure. And it's just like, holy cow. Like, when we first see the um, the comedian do the, the what's the five-minute 40 set that we just Jeff saw? Caldwell, Jeff Caldwell. Jeff Caldwell. At first, I was like, oh, that's okay. And then once I – now every time I see it, I'm like, holy cow, that is amazing. It's so amazing. And so it's just like – that it's such a cool thing you know you, you'll start to be able to dissect your stuff and be able to you know 
take a look at it because that's what I'm doing. I've started. I, Rick knows. I would send him when we were doing the homework a page full of material. This, this guy is. Let me tell you everything <laughs> I know. And I'm like, there's a there's a setup in here somewhere, but yeah. where? It was like, here's what I think about Ugh. quinoa and blah blah blah. And then it was like, you know, and then all of a sudden it was like, no no no, bring it down to like one sentence, two sentences at the max. Here, Figure out your idea and then go. Yeah, and here's the number one question to ask yourself, and it's in our homework assignments tonight if you look through the uh, condense and expand thing. But what am I trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> if you had to put this thing on a, a fortune cookie sticker, how short can I get what I'm trying to say down? Yeah. If I could only tweet it out, what would that look like? You know, that's um, so helpful. Half, I use that all the time. Half of 140 characters. Tweet, that's the bam, rest you got to expand yeah, yeah. to see like, sometimes. So. If you can get it that concise, that's going to be what you're short. So think of it in author terms, uh, less Stephen King, more Hemingway. <laughs> right? Hemingway was the boom, came from the newspaper background, could get right to the thing. You know, that's, yeah. that's kind of what you're going for. That is, uh, yeah. But experiment it's with all skill. of it. It's a skill, yeah. You know, I'm always telling you what I see succeeds the most often and the quickest, but I want you to break all these rules at some point, too. Break them all and just take what works. Yeah. Piece Thanks. them together. Yeah. And Absolutely. a quick plug here, if everybody, anybody listening to this gets a chance to come to the actual class here in Nashville, it would be well worth your while. I know you said that a lot of people are listening throughout the world, Yeah, but uh, Nashville's a great city now. And, it's uh, amazing. It's a, a fantastic experience to actually sort of be here and, and uh, break all this down. That's awesome. cool. Well, thank, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. And Gosh. it is a fun city to be based out of. It is. There's lots <laughs> of stuff going on around here. It is. Does anybody else want to jump in? Yeah. Come on, Derek. Yeah, we'll get another. We'll get another question here. Yeah. Such good questions. Last call. We'll have more podcasts after each class here in, at, yeah. at Zany's here the next couple of weeks. So more chances for more questions later on. But I think we, we may have hit a record for our longest podcast. I think so, like 40, I think is, 46 minutes or something like that. You know what? That's awesome <laughs> because we have an extra, like, I don't know, megabytes that we're not yeah. using every week, uh, every month on Libsyn. So we'll we're going to max out. Yeah. But if you, if you have any questions listening, piggybacking off of what they said, you want more explanation or you think we should do a, a deeper dive into it, email us at schooloflaughs at gmail.com. If you want to get on the monthly insider tip newsletter, send uh, an email to that same address and just put that in the subject heading. And if you can, let me know where you're at and how long you've been at it or if you're thinking about getting into it. And that kind of helps me visualize where you guys are across the world. We've got lots of people over in the UK, down in uh, all over the place now. That's insane. uh, I think it's eight or nine. Hello, mate. It's a lot of places. (laughs) So keep those questions coming. We'll see you next time here at the School of Last podcast. Now available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, <laughs> and iTunes. Thank you very much. Thanks, Gavin. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit SchoolofLaughs.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay money.